Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show feels like forever since I've done a solo episode. I feel like I have to go back and look at when my last one was, but it's definitely been a couple months, I want to say, and I feel like so much has happened in those few months. So I have done a lot of Q&As on Instagram stories because I just have no other content to share right now. And I'll tell you why, kind of, but I'm going to use those questions to pull from for today's episode. But to start, I'll just kind of update you guys on what has been going on in my life the last month. Well, actually, probably a month and a half. So, okay, where do I want to start? I will start with this. One of the most frequent questions that I have gotten lately in my little Q&As and on posts is, what is my current diet and workout routine particularly when I was in Florida like a month ago, people were like, what are you doing? Because it's working for you. You look amazing, blah, blah. And if you're rolling your eyes right now, just wait, because this ultimately is not a compliment. And this is why. So right before I left for Florida, I got a stomach bug like overnight where I literally could not eat anything. I had zero appetite. And I also had swollen lymph nodes all over my body. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I know typically diffuse swollen lymph nodes, meaning like in multiple areas of your body is not a great thing. But I went to my doctor and we did some blood work and she said, you know, based on normal blood work and the fact that I had a stomach thing going on, she thought it was viral. So I went to Miami. I felt okay aside from, you know, my stomach and I definitely lost a few pounds. I don't weigh myself, so I don't know. But you know, lost some water weight, lost some pounds. I was not eating. And this stomach bug persisted for two weeks. Like I could not eat. I would just eat like fries when I felt like I was going to pass out because nothing else was appetizing. By the end of the trip, I was having like soup and like bone broth. But literally everyone in my DMs was like, wow, your body is banging. So I was like, well, great. Like if people only knew. So anyway, prior to this, I have just been in good health. You know, I used to get sick all the time. I used to have gut issues all the time, but I haven't had any of that. Like my gut health has been great. I had six pages of blood work with my functional nutritionist where we measured everything from inflammation markers to autoimmune to just like a regular complete blood count, metabolic panel, omega panel, hepatic function, thyroid, liver, literally everything was perfect except for some blood sugar stuff. And I haven't gotten sick at all except for my food poisoning last fall. So this just kind of came out of nowhere and it was frustrating, but I figured it was pass. Well, I came back to LA. My stomach got better after I started taking some supplements from my nutritionist and you know, I think it just kind of ran its course as well. And I felt pretty good, but the lymph nodes remained swollen and they were kind of painful. 
and they seemed to be getting bigger. And then one day I woke up so exhausted. I was in pain, just terrible muscle and joint aches, headache, pain in my lymph nodes. And it just got worse and worse for like a week. And at this point I was like, is this my boobs? Like that thought creeped in. And I was like, well, that would be the ultimate irony, wouldn't it? And, you know, I do have to say a lot of people have DM me and been like, how do you feel? Like, I don't know. I think people just expect because of all the talk about BII that like you put implants in and you get sick right away. So I have felt really good up until this happened. But yeah, that thought definitely creeped in. I think that's like kind of wellness culture anyway. Like, you know, you see something enough and you start to maybe think that it's happening to you. I don't know. But yeah, long story short, I ended up just getting worse. Nobody could get me in to see me. I was going to see like an oncologist to have a CT scan. And then I was going to see infectious disease, but it was like weeks and I was so sick. So I ended up in the hospital. They were able to do like a full body CT there just to check for a malignancy and rule that out. And then they coordinated with infectious disease to test for kind of more like obscure viral things. And they ended up finding a parasite, like a zoonotic parasite, meaning it comes from animals or from contaminated food. I think 50% of the cases in the U.S. come from food and the other 50% come from like contact with animals or something. But they had to do blood cultures, send some blood work to Mayo Clinic, like to this special lab, wait for all these confirmatory tests. And they haven't been able to treat me yet with antibiotics because we're still waiting for all of those tests. So it has been frustrating. It was hard, like really hard for a few weeks just because I did not see myself getting better. And it was kind of hard to like advocate for myself, I have to say, because I felt like I was kind of brushed off like, oh, it's stress. Oh, it's viral. Like, oh, do you think you're depressed? I'm like, I've never been depressed in my life. Like, I know what stress feels like. And I just knew something was wrong. Like, we know our bodies. And I kind of felt like I had to like go to the ER to be taken seriously, which is kind of unfortunate. But even there, like they were great. Shout out Cedars. But, you know, I think people were just kind of like, well, you know, nothing major showed up. So like you're fine. But obviously I understand like we had to wait for blood results and all of that. But Yeah, super frustrating. For weeks, I was so exhausted. I could not function. I didn't want to say anything because I knew so many people would, you know, either diagnose me or like tell me I had BII. So I was like not really present on social. And I was just in a glass case of emotion at home, resting, trying to get better. So now I have not taken antibiotics. I have been taking supplements that my nutritionist helped me with. I'm feeling today like maybe 80% definitely have seemed to turn a corner this week. So that's very encouraging. And yeah, I'm just trying to like push through and function and stay busy because I don't, I can't get more rest. Like I just cannot, it's not my personality and I feel like I have to get back to my life, but my lymph nodes are also back to normal. I don't have the fatigue. My stomach is good. So definitely making progress. My nighttime routine, my environment, and my sleep are all so important to me because if I am not sleeping well, everything from my energy to my mood, my anxiety, my focus, my appetite, my reactivity, etc., all go kind of haywire. Like I am just not my best self when I don't get good sleep. So everything needs to be soothing in my routine from start to finish. And I can't be like waking up to a loud alarm or anything like that. So this is why I heavily depend on my Restore 2 from Hatch. This is like the ultimate wellness sleep companion because it does so much. So it basically takes care of you from sunset to sunrise. My routine, which you can set in the app depending on your preferences, like they have so many different variations of settings that you can do for your routine. Mine starts basically when I start my nighttime routine with the red light turning on at eight. I've talked about this a lot in the past. I really only like red light in my bedroom at night for my circadian rhythm. 
So the red light turns on. I currently have the pink noise sound on, but sometimes I'll switch to like a river or rain. It's so soothing. And then the light goes off around 10 when I go to sleep. Then it emulates the sunrise when I need to wake up to an alarm or when my husband has to wake up at 5 a.m. to shoot. Like there's no jarring, loud alarm where you just wake up with like adrenaline and feel like you're having a panic attack. And it's just crazy how your body actually wakes up gradually with the gradual yellow amber kind of light from the restore too. So yeah, people ask me all the time about specifics for my nighttime routine and the restore too kind of does it all for me and just helps me to establish really good habits, stay off my phone, which is huge as you all know. So it has so many amazing features. Head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2 so you can start feeling well-rested ASAP. Again, that's hatch.co, H-A-T-C-H dot co to get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2. I am traveling this week and you guys probably know by now that I have some travel non-negotiables. I have some wellness non-negotiables. And those are really just based on trial and error and finding what makes me feel my absolute best. And one of those things is starting my day with AG1, my athletic greens. I have been doing this for, I feel like years now. So it's so habitual. I don't even think about it. And it's like the ultimate travel hack. And here is why. So basically with one scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, you are getting 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. I actually started taking it for my gut health, and it really helped me in that regard years ago. And when I'm traveling, instead of packing a million supplements and like trying to organize them or even worse, bringing the bottles, because that's what I used to do, you just pack the AG1 little travel packs and you've got your vitamin, probiotic, prebiotic needs. You can go out, you can explore, you can eat pasta and pizza and gelato all day. And you know that at least you got some micronutrients, some vitamins, minerals, all of these important things for your body in the morning. I just mix the travel pack with some water and stir it up and that's it. And this really helps me so much with avoiding bloat and digestive issues too while I'm traveling and just in life in general. So I truly crave it every morning. It's such a good like wellness micro habit, such a good travel hack. So if you want to take ownership of your health today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash blonde files. That's athleticgreens.com slash blonde files. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Back to the original question about my diet and workouts lately, the answer is I have not worked out since March. I have gone on a few walks, but like really just in the last week as I've gotten some energy back, I could not even go around the block a couple weeks ago, nor did I try to force myself to. So I'll definitely start getting back to Pilates and some strength training when I can walk consistently and not feel exhausted. And my diet has been all over the place because once I did get my appetite back, I was pretty averse to a lot of food and any kind of like animal protein. So my diet was very carb heavy, like oats, rice, pasta. I did try to drink bone broth a lot. So I got that in. But, you know, I've said this before, the women in my family are petite and I'm petite. And when I don't work out, I just get skinny because I lose muscles. So maybe now you can actually roll your eyes. You're like, fucking good for you. But that's just how I am genetically. And genetics play a huge role in how our bodies look, as we know, and how our weight is distributed, our metabolism, all of that. 
But it was kind of frustrating because I had kind of found a groove and like found a good workout routine with a few days of Pilates, a day or two of strength training prior to this happening. But my workout preferences really ebb and flow with my energy and whatever is going on in my life anyway. So, you know, I can make a new routine that feels good for my body. Right now, I have a lot of travel coming up, so I know things are going to get kind of wonky with that anyway. Oh, but I did share a what I eat in a day recently where I talked about getting a lot of protein in the morning, like within 30 minutes of waking up. And that has been a challenge. I am not hungry when I wake up, but I'm finding ways to make it work for me. And I have to say, I feel so much better energy wise and clarity wise and appetite wise throughout the day. So when I did that blood work with Rob Yang, my nutritionist, and by the way, we recorded an episode where he explains this in much more detail. So maybe I'll put that out next week. It'll definitely be out within the next few weeks, though. But we found that my fasting glucose in the morning was a little on the high side. And then I believe there were other markers that we measured. I can't remember which that showed that I was like basically hypoglycemic at other points in the day. So from this, he was able to kind of see that I'm on this like blood sugar roller coaster and that morning blood sugar is largely going to determine my blood sugar later in the day. And my first meal is going to determine my appetite and my cravings later in the day. So I'm really condensing this down the way that I understand it, which might be a little off. So just wait for that episode where you can hear it from him. But like instead of waking up, having my matcha with a little maple syrup, then eating a bowl of oats three or four hours later, by having a small meal with protein and fat within 30 minutes of waking up, it helps to stabilize my blood sugar and reduce cravings from that roller coaster later in the day. So I know some people might be thinking we can't or like we aren't meant to flatten our blood sugar spikes. Like our blood sugar is meant to rise and fall throughout the day. And yes, I'm not talking about having or about not having any variability here. But my blood work indicated that I was sort of on the more extreme side of these fluctuations. So that's why I'm doing the protein in the morning thing. And I will say like, I don't believe in like perfect health. I'm not really trying to like biohack. And in general, I'm very healthy. But this is all kind of to like work on my hormones from a really top down way instead of just treating the hormones. He'll explain this, but like this all plays into how my reproductive hormones are and my cortisol and all of that. So that's really like the one area that I am just continually trying to improve because like they're so wonky. So what do I eat in the morning? Some days I'm fine having scrambled eggs or like hard boiled eggs or even some leftover dinner. And other days I truly cannot stomach the idea of that. And I do like some plain coconut yogurt with protein powder. I'm also obsessed with Keon Aminos. Shout out Keon. You can go to getkeon.com slash blonde for those. But seriously, like such a game changer, I feel like for energy and getting those essential amino acids. Or even sometimes I'll do like a small thing of oats with lots of protein, aminos separately. I'll throw some like nut butter in there for fat. So there are numerous ways to do that. But yeah, that's the only change in my diet, really. I'm not really doing anything special now, diet or exercise wise. I think it's just like a reminder. You never know what's going on behind someone's social media. Someone also sent me a message that was very nice. And she was like, you're glowing and so happy lately. Like I can just tell. And I was thinking, well, I appreciate that. But like, I literally have been so miserable and just like hopeless with frustration for a few weeks. And I was worried about my health and I was, you know, just not in a good place. And I was worried about my boobs, not because I'm worried about BII. And I've talked about this before. Like, I think if you are concerned about that and you're considering a breast augmentation, maybe go for a different, you know, method than getting an implant. Because I think that like, if you are anxious about that at all, nervous about that happening, I think that 
you are just going to attribute every physical thing that you have to your boobs and you're going to be miserable. So maybe think about like fat transfer, lift. That's like my experience. You know, I, I just think that it's not worth the anxiety if it's something that you're truly worried about. So for me, I haven't been worried about it, but I was like, oh, well, I have these like unexplained symptoms. So I'm glad that we found what was actually going on. And I have gotten a lot of DMs from people after my boob reel went viral who said like, I don't want to say this publicly, but I explanted because I was like on these forums and I thought that I had it. Then I found out that I had like mold toxicity or some other issue. So yeah, so I won't get into that whole thing because I feel like I've talked about it ad nauseum and I'm not saying it's not real. I believe it's real and it sounds terrible and I hope it doesn't happen to me. People have asked like how I'm feeling after getting mine and I've been feeling great aside from this, but now I'm like pretty much better. And yeah, I love them. Some people told me I talk about surgery too much, so I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> okay, so... Now that I'm off into the weeds, I am going to get into some of the real Q&A. Okay, what do I think of Sophia Ritchie's It Girl moment and the quiet luxury movement? I feel like quiet luxury has always been a thing. Like, look at people, you know, kind of iconic people in history in our lifetime, like Princess Diana and Carolyn Bessette Kennedy. I think they epitomized quiet luxury for the most part. I think the zeitgeist, like especially with social media and reality TV, has really elevated people in the last 10 or 20 years who are kind of the opposite, you know, who kind of practice loud luxury, I guess, like the Kardashians. And even back in the beginning of reality TV and the very early days of like social media and the tabloids and all of that, like Paris Hilton and so many other people I can't think of off the top of my head, but reality TV and social media made it really easy and really trendy to flaunt wealth and these excessive lifestyles and designer logo everything. And those people who did that, you know, were rewarded not only with like the validation that they were seeking, but with like a bigger platform. So I feel like we just didn't see a lot of the quiet luxury people, but they are out there. I think they've always been out there. So I'm happy. It's having a moment. And I think with anything, like the pendulum just always swings from one extreme to another. And so I think we're moving away from like this excess and logomania and like designer everything. And yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I've always loved quiet luxury, if that's what we want to call it, just because like style wise, I love the aesthetic. I've always loved simple basic pieces that are like done really beautifully that transition from season to season and year to year and they're not like trendy you know subtle designer stuff I know that I have some designer stuff that's like not subtle but I think you guys know what I mean just this kind of like classic style yeah like classic traditional style with a little twist I like to throw a twist on it but never been into like the kind of gaudy <laughs> excess designer stuff. And also the thing about this style that I love is I think it's really easy to emulate with like a lower budget. So you don't have to be buying like fake Gucci. Like you can probably, you know, shop at Zara or Aritzia or I don't know, other places that are maybe like a little more affordable and still get this really like beautiful classic look and maybe like spend a little more on a purse or shoes or something to tie it all together. But you don't even have to do that. I think it's like this aesthetic that anybody can attain. So it's interesting to me that Sophia Ritchie got so much attention and overwhelming, you know, positive feedback. And it's kind of credited for this whole movement because like I remember when Nicola Peltz Beckham married Brooklyn Beckham. I think it was last year. By all reports, you know, she was kind of trying to have the same impact with that wedding and people just did not seem to care or buy into that couple. Whereas Sophia and Elliot, I think, are like the it couple that people love right now and aspire to. And their backgrounds are somewhat similar in that Nicola, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, but she comes from like a very wealthy family, as does Sophia. But I think Sophia just seems more relatable, down to earth, like 
girl's girl, fun, like all of that. So I think as far as her it girl moment, good for her. She seems sweet and unproblematic. And I don't know her, but we have some mutual friends and people we work with. And I heard she's like so happy. And as a couple, they're so happy and in love. And I am like team true love. So yeah, I guess I'm here for it. Do I feel in alignment in my life or in my purpose with what I do? I would say in general, yes. Like I feel really fortunate to be able to carve out my own career and essentially like be my own brand, meaning my life is my brand. So I get to share things that I love, you know, just share about my life and what I eat and what I'm doing in a really organic way. And that's my job. And then, of course, on the podcast side of things, I have, you know, the conversations that I want to have with people that I want to have them with that I think will be inspiring and fun and helpful and informative for an audience. So I do feel aligned with all of that. But like, as with anything, there are downsides to that. And someone actually asked me what part of being an influencer might be unexpected to someone outside of the industry, or that was kind of surprising to me. So on the one hand, my life being my brand is kind of great. But on the other hand, it can be really difficult to have boundaries between like work and just my normal life. It's hard to do anything like cook or go for a walk or hang out with my friends or even like do my hair and not have that thought like, wait, should I be filming this? Especially with TikTok and everything video, you know, it's really shifted in the last couple of years and it just feels like everything is an opportunity for content, ABC, always be creating, like, which doesn't sound like much, but it can be really overwhelming. And like, to what end? I remember Sivan and I talked about this on her episode, I think, where we were like, is this just forever? We're just going to be like influencers making content forever. So that can be kind of hard feeling like we always have to be on and come up with something interesting and engaging because like my life is not always interesting. Like, you know, the last month and a half, I really haven't been doing shit. So what am I going to share about? Q&As. When you're going through something in your personal life or not feeling well, that can be really hard to be on and show up and and post and come up with content and shoot content and like podcast and, you know, people demand stuff all the time. Like it can be a lot, but any job comes with a lot of that. I mean, I'm sure every single person listening who has like ever worked any job or as a parent or even if you're a student, like we all have to show up when we don't feel like it and we all have trouble with boundaries and, you know, turning off and we all have to do stuff that we don't want to do when we don't feel like doing it and go to work when we're sick and do presentations and like take the kids to, you know, soccer practice. So, yeah, I don't think the downsides of the job are anything particularly unique. And then I also think the, you know, benefits of this job like far outweigh that. And like I said, I feel fortunate, but I think I would say the hardest part, not that anybody asked, I can't remember what this original question was even shocking. I'm off on a tangent. But yeah, I think like hearing people's feedback about my life and my appearance and my choices and my podcast guests and like how much my jeans cost and how I'm, you know, out of touch or not, not like producing enough content and what I'm eating and all of that is exhausting. So maybe that would be the worst part, but it comes with the territory. And unfortunately, like for me, I've had to kind of set more boundaries and that I'm not like reading as many of my DMs as much as I want to engage with people and trying to stay away from a lot of comments. And like I just discovered that I have a hidden folder where there are so many lovely messages and also like really terrible messages. So for myself and like protecting my peace, I just can't, you know, be doing that as much as I used to. So if people DM me and I don't respond, I try to respond to a lot of them, but I can't respond to all of them. And sometimes I just have to like stay out of there. With summer upon us, higher temperatures, getting outside, being active, for some of you that probably means some summer drinking, traveling, flying, all of the things, a lot of us are going to be 
needing to replenish our electrolytes. In fact, even if you just work out now, if you eat a whole food based diet, have a glass of wine at night, chances are you need to be replenishing those electrolytes. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. When you are deficient in electrolytes, you can get headaches, you can get muscle cramps, fatigue, you can even get sleeplessness, insomnia, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. I like to replenish with Element. I have been using these for years. I love them. I love them when I'm flying, traveling, after I work out. I do one packet a day, and I'll tell you what's my favorite flavor in a second, but I swear I notice a difference in my skin. I have talked about this so often, but when I started using electrolytes, I noticed that I was retaining much less fluid. And recently, as I talked about in this episode, I was dealing with an illness. I was having really bad headaches and fatigue and cramps. And I really felt like having these electrolytes every day helped me and helped to alleviate a lot of those symptoms. So Element has no BS. It's just a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. So everything you need and nothing you don't. So lots of salt and no sugar. Okay, so they have so many good flavors. They actually just sent me the grapefruit yesterday, which might be my new favorite. I used to do the orange salt all the time. Now I like to do the citrus salt. They have watermelon salt. They have mango chili. They have chocolate salt that you can put in your coffee or your iced coffee. So, so many amazing flavors. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. So that's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So this is a really great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinkelement.com slash blondefiles. This deal is only available through my link, so you must go to drinklmnt.com slash blondefiles, and it's totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a friend, and they will give you your money back, no questions asked, so you have nothing to lose. Again, drinkelement.com slash blondefiles. Since I am traveling and talking about traveling, another thing I do not travel without is my NED, specifically my CBD and my magnesium. So I became a somewhat nervous flyer in the last few years, but I always bring NED's de-stress blend with me on my flights. It is the absolute highest quality CBD. It also has ashwagandha, so it really helps with my body's stress response. And it just takes the edge off for me without making me feel different, you know? And then also, I just have to say, if I am going international, I always bring their sleep oil. It is my hack for not getting jet lag. It helps me fall asleep, stay asleep, wake up without any grogginess, and I can like get on whatever time zone I'm in without having to experience jet lag, without having to take Benadryl or something like that. And then also their Mellow Magnesium I've been taking for years. I mix it with some water before bed. I have to say I'm also loving their shut-eye chai, which is their magnesium latte. But for packing purposes, the mellow packets are just so convenient. Magnesium was like a missing puzzle piece. And I feel like just through consistent use, I sleep better. My nervous system overall is just calmer. I feel more relaxed at night. My digestion is amazing. So I absolutely love it. So with the Shut Eye Chai, which I've posted on my Instagram and got such a crazy response, everybody wanted to know what it was. It's Ned's Mellow Magnesium, but it's basically in this like super blend latte. So it has adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, obviously magnesium. So really just the best ingredients out there wrapped in this heavenly masala chai inspired spiced body. Again, it really helps my nervous system and just sends me peacefully off to dreamland. So all of Ned's products are the absolute highest quality. They share third-party lab reports, who farms their products. They share their extraction process. So they're totally transparent. You know exactly what you're getting. And every product really is amazing. So you guys can go to hellodned.com slash blonde, and you should be taken to a page there that has some of my favorites. And you can get 
15% off. So head to helloned.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash blonde to get 15% off. I don't know about you, but I feel like everything is better al fresco. Eating outside, watching movies, falling asleep, reading. When I think summer, I think being outside with my friends and family, like everything is just more enjoyable outside, right? So if you're looking to create the ultimate summer space, look no further than Article. Article's curated catalog of outdoor furniture is here to help you do all your favorite things this summer. They really have everything you need to make things your own from outdoor sofas to dining sets to decor. They have a really flexible range of styles so you can do more with the space that you have. And I mean, the outdoors is really like the ultimate open concept area. There's so much potential, so you can really make it work for you. So this summer, create the outdoor space you've always dreamed of with Article. I have to tell you guys, I went on their site this morning to see what they have that's new, and they have these Toro Dravite Shades lounges. They are so chic. Just go to the website and go to outdoor furniture and click on what's new. So they have this ivory one, which I love, like the cushion is ivory. And then it's this gorgeous shades with like a built in kind of side table area made out of the wood. So you can like put your drinks, your book, your Kindle, your phone, whatever it is so gorgeous. So I think I'm going to be switching out our pool area furniture because I don't like what we have right now. And these are just timeless and classic. Definitely go to Article and check out what they have. They have so much. I've talked about it before, but I also have the Gabriola Ivory Boucle chairs. I got so many compliments on them. They're so gorgeous. Also, just the process of everything from ordering to delivery was so seamless. It came so fast. They also offer fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. They won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they send you updates every step of the way. Honestly, the whole thing was absolutely delightful. So right now, Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash blonde and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash blonde for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Okay, so feeling aligned. I think it's hard to feel aligned with like anything that we're doing 100% of the time. And when I'm feeling out of alignment or like stagnant, I try to just be really open and curious to what's presenting itself to me because maybe I'm being redirected or something new and different and exciting is on its way. Again, nobody asked me, but okay, let's go here. My advice for people feeling like they don't have a purpose or they like don't know what their purpose is. I won't get too woo woo here, but step one, I believe so much in pen to paper, like write down, even if it's hard to admit or you don't think it makes sense, write down what you feel like your purpose is or like what your strengths are or what you're passionate about, what you want your life and your future to look like. There's so much power in writing things down. It's always so different on paper or like in your notes app, however you want to do it, than we think it is in our heads. So that's one thing that I think is so simple and so powerful. And then I think like saying yes to opportunities that come your way, even if they don't make sense and being really open and yeah, like having some time where you can be still and quiet and hear and notice your thoughts without all the distractions. You'll have more mental space to figure out what you're passionate about or what you feel like your purpose is and how to begin to incorporate those things into your life in like a meaningful way. So I guess I just answered that last part because I see this question come in all the time. This is kind of like on that same thought, thoughts on manifesting. I have a lot of thoughts on this and I won't go too into it, but I'm definitely a believer of manifestation. I don't really know like how, but I've talked about it on here before. I think I've manifested a lot in my life because I've just always believed that certain things would happen for me and that things would always work out for me. And that's been the case. And I say that with humility because like I've definitely had very low points and been through things that I didn't see a way out of. But I've always just had this innate sense that like I'm the creator of my life. 
I think, you know, my my thoughts and my beliefs about myself create my reality. Obviously, I've had like opportunities and privilege and all of that. So that's definitely a huge part of it. But especially in sobriety, like I really, really believe that I'm responsible for my life and I will attract whatever I believe I'm worthy of. And I guess I think I'm worthy. Like, and I hope that doesn't come off wrong. But, you know, obviously I can have this attitude because I've had, like I said, that privilege, a certain amount of privilege throughout my life. But even when I got sober and had nothing, I had faith in something. And I believed that that thing was like conspiring with me and for me. And I did the footwork, but like, I I just kind of always believed. And that was really naive at some points, I think, because I had a lot of problems and issues, but I think that like naivete kind of worked out in my favor. And then, of course, lately I've gotten into Joe Dispenza meditations. I had done his morning meditation kind of sporadically over the last few years, but I did his course, The Formula, which I loved. Now I'm starting a progressive course and I just really like what he teaches. Some people think he's like a quack and that's great. I don't agree with everything, but I really just... When I did the course, it all just kind of clicked for me. Like I felt really aligned with that. So he's very much about the future, like visualizing your future and feeling the feelings and the emotions of your future when you do have everything you want, no matter what your circumstances are. Like that was kind of big for me because it's kind of at odds with what I've learned in recovery, which is like only be in the present moment. We have this day and that's it. But I've gotten really clear on like what I do and what I don't want when I visualize my future. And I can truly feel it to the point where it's kind of crazy. Like sometimes I'm doing the meditation and I don't even notice it till the end. And I have like a huge cheesy smile on my face. I'm like overcome with emotion sometimes. It's pretty crazy. And I think when we're feeling that and emitting that energy like out into the world, I think we attract people and situations and opportunities et cetera, that move us in the direction of the future. So, you know, I think the downside of that and the potential like scary part of that is when you realize that your inner world and like your spiritual world and your true desires and your future desires don't match your outer world, (laughs) which I have experienced sometimes. Like, so then I think you have some tough decisions to make. But when you're honoring that spiritual part of yourself that I think we all have, you know, we really can't like go wrong. But yeah, there are lots of manifestation practices. I love Joe, as I said. I also think Lacey, who was on my podcast and her platform to be magnetic are great. Mimi Bouchard and her app Superhuman are amazing. So you can kind of find what resonates with you out there. One tip for success in whatever you do. I would say be relentless, like just be relentless in pursuing whatever lights you up, whatever it is that you want, whether that's feeling your best, whether it's the relationship that you want, the job you want, the success, like this might sound kind of like the antithesis to my approach to a lot of things. Like you guys know, I'm pretty moderate when it comes to how I approach wellness and exercise and things like that. But when it comes to work and again, like creating the life that I desire, I'm very, very persistent sometimes to a fault. I've been told that I'm willful, which is not the best thing because at some point you have to know what you want and then like let go. I think Chuck in one of our episodes said that I was indomitable. And I agree with that. Like, I don't know where it comes from, but because I had no work ethic, I had no, I just, I didn't have this before I got sober. So I guess it comes from like recovery and the foundational things that I learned there. I'm guessing. I don't know. And then I think some of it is just kind of like innate again. Sometimes it's to a fault. And that's where I'm learning to detach from outcomes and let go and just be like really clear on what I want and then get granular about what I can do on any given day to make that my reality. But I think if you want to be successful and if you ask anybody who is successful in the area of life that you want to be successful in, like they would say, you know, you have to be really relentless. So yeah, that's my word of the day. Okay, (laughs) moving on. 
We're going to do a hard pivot here. When I had digestive issues, what kind of doctor did I see? I had an amazing gastroenterologist. I'm... (laughs) This is really funny. I sh- probably should have organized these questions so it like was not so random to go from meditation to my gastroenterologist. But okay, here we are. So yeah, in 2016, I like really had some issues. I really had to figure out what was going on, do some procedures, go on meds. But then after that, I started working with Rob Yang, my nutritionist who I work with like off and on. And he also did testing and he was able to tweak things in my diet and put me on the right supplements. And that was really what made the difference for me. Like he is amazing. I already mentioned he'll be on the podcast in the next few weeks. When we were recording it, I was just like, whoa, everything that he said was a soundbite. It's going to be so helpful. I promise. So keep an eye out for that. And like anytime I have an issue with anything, I consult with him and we're pretty much able to like take care of it. So That said, I've had no issues aside from getting the food poisoning and, you know, just this little pesky parasite in years. So, yeah, gastroenterologist when I like really had to rule out some things and figure out what was going on. And then nutritionist, which Rob is a lot of things. He's kind of like, I guess I would say like a functional practitioner in that he looks at the whole body I know that people like sometimes balk at the word functional medicine, functional practitioner, but that's what I mean by it. Like he just kind of treats, he he assesses everything. There's testing and all of that. And then he treats appropriately based on that. It's not just like nutritionist food and that's it. What wellness advice would I give myself in my 20s? I get asked this question all the time and You guys know my 20s were probably not like the typical 20s for somebody else because I was so heavily in my addiction then. Like wellness was not even a thing, nor was it something I would have been remotely interested in because I was too busy drinking and doing drugs and smoking and partying to care about my body. Like, I mean, truly it is wild to me that I could like endure the things that I did to my body back then. And now I'm so sensitive. But I digress. I think I would probably tell myself to stop all of that, obviously, but that never would have happened. Like I had to go through what I went through and I'm grateful for all of that. But I think in general, wellness advice for somebody in their 20s or really anybody, but I think if you can learn this like on the younger side, it can be incredibly impactful. And that would be learn how to slow down learn how to be alone with your thoughts. And yes, I do mean through like some sort of meditation practice. I know people like check out at meditation, but it really doesn't matter what kind. I just think it's such a powerful tool and skill that you can work on your whole life. Like it affects every area of your life. It's a superpower in my opinion. Like in my experience, so many things fell into place when I started a practice from just my overall mental health, my ability to self-regulate, my ability to not react and to not be influenced and controlled by people and circumstances, my sleep, my energy, my clarity, my focus, my appetite, my energy, just like everything benefited from having a practice. And it definitely ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I'm really into it and sometimes I fall off a little bit, but I attempt to do something every day. And I think if you learn that young, you really have an advantage. Like you can green juice and sauna and cold plunge all day. But I think if you can't sit with yourself or do a walking meditation, whatever it is, like there's so many things. As cheesy as it sounds, like if you can't go within even for five minutes, like you're missing a huge piece of wellness. And that's like knowing yourself and being attuned to yourself and being able to, you know, listen to your cues and, like I said, self regulate and have clarity and all of these things. Like I just think it's so 
important and so valuable. And I think people think of it as just kind of like a woo woo thing that kind of like woo woo spiritual people do. No, I think especially in this day and age where we're so connected, so distracted, life is moving so fast. You know, we're kind of like addicted to our phones and technology and everything. Like it is so important. Okay. Getting off my high horse, how to stop comparison. I don't think we can ever stop comparing completely. Like that's just human nature, but I am a big proponent of cleaning up what inputs you're getting. So like on Instagram and TikTok, we can control who we follow. We can manipulate the algorithm to not show us certain things and to show us like more of what we want. Like my whole explore page and for you page right now is basketball because of the playoffs. And I just that's what I'm consuming. And that's what I'm being fed through these algorithms. And it's great. And, you know, if I get something that I'm not interested in, like I click not interested on TikTok or like you can there's a similar option. I can't remember what it's called on Instagram. And then I like and engage with the things that I want more of on all platforms. And in general, like I'm not a scroller. I'm never usually on my explore page or my for you page. But right now, again, because of like playoffs, I'm just like a rabid basketball person. I'm seeking it out and searching for it and watching it and consuming it. And I mean, I have to say, I can't wait for basketball season to be over in some ways because it's exhausting. Back to what I was talking about in the beginning, though, like we never really know what's going on in somebody's life. So comparing ourselves to somebody else is just like manufacturing misery. When I've been at some of my lowest points, like you'd never know it on social media. Like I'm going through things now that I don't share about on social media. And I've gone through things in the past, you know, like when I was separated that I didn't share about on social. And you wouldn't know outwardly if you met me either. So like everybody is struggling with things. I can tell you that the most beautiful people I know and often the people with the most impressive lives on the outside are the most insecure, the most like discontent people that I know. There's a saying in recovery, don't compare your insides with someone else's outsides, meaning we see someone who has something we want and we make up a story about them based on that illusion and we compare how we feel and what we have or don't have in our lives to that. And it's just not the whole story like ever. So try to remember that. Cleanse who you follow and what you engage with. I promise it helps so much. Okay, I'm going to do some quicker ones. What's my sober process at events? What do I order? Do I feel pressured to drink? What do I tell people? So in general, nobody asks me, but I have no problem telling people that I don't drink. Like people are thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about whether you drink or don't drink. I usually just order sparkling water, but occasionally I'll get mocktails if there's something good. But I've never once felt pressure to drink since getting sober. And I'm proud of the fact that I don't need, you know, alcohol to have a good life and socialize and all of that. I definitely don't judge and I'm happy to like go out with friends who are drinking, but it's just never been something that I've been insecure about because people really don't care. And if they do, that is a them issue, not a you issue. I mean, can you imagine judging someone because they don't drink like that's a big yikes big ick so you do you people probably don't even care to begin with have I ever had a guest on and didn't like them or thought that was awful I've had a few tough interviews over the years where I feel like I have to pull someone along and like really force the conversation but in general, I have people on who I already think are interesting and have something value, valuable to share and usually are like public facing people. So they're usually pretty good at doing interviews. But there are definitely some people that I've had on where I'm like, OK, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get this person to talk. But I think there's only been one episode in four years that I have not aired. And that was like in the first year 
And it wasn't even so much the interview. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it wasn't the interview that was not good. It was just like the subject didn't end up really aligning with my podcast. So I felt bad, but canned that one. Do I still struggle with anxiety? I get anxiety before my period, but I'm working with my acupuncturist, Dr. Stolberg. She is going to be on the show in a few weeks. We recorded like back in April. And I feel like that's been helping. And other than that, I'll get some situational anxiety sometimes, but I'm pretty good at managing it. So I have tools in my toolbox. I have supplements like L-theanine, magnesium, GABA. I know like the Wim Hof 10-minute breath work thing on YouTube always helps even if it's just like temporarily, like if I'm really anxious and I have to like get up and do something and go through my day, like it always shocks me out of it, at least for a little bit. Good sleep really is like the best thing for my anxiety. Exercise, walking, meditating, cold plunge, cold shower, all of these things help, like not all at once. I don't want you guys to think that like I wake up take my supplements, meditate, do my 10-minute breath work, get in the cold plunge, exercise, go for a walk. Like, no, I never do all of those things in one day. Because I feel like once you're doing that, like you're really just fighting it. And I feel like that makes it so much worse. But I'll do like one or two of those. It really just depends on the circumstances. But I don't know. I feel like at this point in my life, having dealt with anxiety off and on throughout the years. Like I just know myself now and I know that if I push through, go about my life, do whatever I have to do in my day, like I know it will pass. And that's my anxiety. I don't have like panic disorder or something like that, that I don't know anything about. But for me, if I just don't give it attention, that's the best thing for me. And I I know that it passes. Do I believe in a threaded lip flip? I don't know anything about this. Let me look it up. Ugh. Okay, that's going to be a no for me. Like, I don't like threads to begin with. When I did them once years ago, they were so painful and uncomfortable. And I really couldn't move my face for like a week. And one of them popped out. And then when the swelling went down, you know, there was no difference. And when I was swollen, I looked like an alien. And that was with my cheeks. So like you definitely have movement in your cheeks, but I didn't have to move them. I cannot imagine putting a thread in the lip area like where there's so much movement. And I think with threads in general, I think there's a high risk for a complication with like a minimal, very short term result. So I would definitely never do that. I wouldn't put them near my mouth. I wouldn't put them near my brows or my temples. You know, I don't like them in the cheeks. So I'm not a fan of that. Thoughts on air sculpt? Okay. I've kind of ignored this question. I've gotten it a lot because when I had Lauren on my podcast, like she was really happy with her results and that's great. She's the only person that I know who has done it. So I know she's really happy. I have asked my friends in the medical community, all of whom have said it's basically like med spa lipo. Like one person said it's Mickey Mouse, like meaning it's like child's play kind of thing. And the gold standard obviously is like regular lipo. When you go to a really good doctor, you guys know I like lipo to tiny area in the back of my arms. It's great. But I don't really know anything about it. Like I said, aside from Lauren, who had a great experience. And I think maybe if you have like a teeny area, maybe it's a good option. Do your own research. Talk to people who have done it not just like before and after pictures, like really talk to people, like stalk people who have done it and reach out to them. (laughs) And I think that's the best way that, you know, you'll know what it's really like. I don't know that you can always trust like real self and, you know, reviews like that and before and afters and, and things like that. So as with anything, like, you know, I think there are other procedures like Morpheus, not comparing AirSculpt to Morpheus, but people are going to have different opinions on it. So, you know, I've seen really beautiful lipo results. I know that that's the gold standard for a reason, but maybe this is a really good option too. I just don't know enough about it aside from what I asked my friends and they were like, no. Favorite supplement recently added to my routine? Definitely the Keon Aminos. You guys can go back to my episode two weeks ago with Angelo Keeley to learn about them. There should be a link in the show notes. 
not to be like doing an ad, but they really are amazing. And I think everybody can benefit from incorporating aminos into their supplement routine. So that would be my favorite. Please talk about the strengths and benefits of being introverted. I feel like people don't understand me. So I'm definitely an extroverted introvert. I'm not like a introvert introvert. Like I love being social. I love talking to people. I'm outgoing, but I get my energy from being alone and I love being alone. Like I genuinely love my own company. And for me, like extroverted introversion looks like if I go out and I do things, I usually hit a wall where all of a sudden my brain is tired. I'm hitting that wall right now. And I'm like, okay, I can't talk to anyone anymore. I want to like go. I want to (laughs) go. And I used to be so ashamed of that. Like I felt like I had to be bubbly and had to be the life of the party and always out and drinking and doing drugs really helped to put up that facade and maintain that facade. But now I love the way I am. Like I can't speak for other introverts, but I know for me, like my strengths are that I'm observant. I am thoughtful. I'm intuitive. I'm sensitive, which is a good and bad thing. And like I said, like before about the meditation thing, I think being able to be alone and enjoy that is a superpower. And I know so many extroverts who feel like they have to be social all the time and they're like, oh, I wish I could be alone. So there's good and bad things I think about both. But I don't know why being an introvert would be something that's misunderstood. Like, I think it's actually very cool. And I think a lot of like successful people too are introverts. I think there's like power in not having to be the loud, you know, center of attention. Not that that's like a true extrovert. I think I can't remember the definition. I think it was more like, how do you get your energy? Extroverts get their energy from being around people introverts get their energy from being alone. Either one of those are great. However, you feel like you need to like fill your own cup. (laughs) Who is my biggest inspo? I have no idea. I tend not to think too much about other people and like what they're doing. And I don't want to emulate anyone really. I really try to just like do me and do what the next indicated thing is for me and try to get better. And you know, grow. But I guess there are people who inspire me in different ways. I mean, I find anybody who's at the top of their field, whatever that is, who works hard to, you know, be there and stay there. I find that inspiring. Whenever I've gone to like award shows, even though they're, you know, kind of kind of meaningless in some ways and kind of cheesy in some ways. But I have to say it's like very inspiring being in a room full of people who are getting recognized and like honored for their hard work, not just in the entertainment industry. I mean, I was inspired by everybody at the Dear Media event too. And not just like the people on panels, I was inspired by the people that were like working there and the brand owners and like just people who work really hard. I think that is inspiring. Trying to think of examples off the top of my head. Well, (laughs) since it's the playoffs, gotta shout out my King James, LeBron James, (laughs) on that episode with Rachel where I was talking about him, how flustered was I? Oh my God. I was like, Ariel, you get a grip. But yeah, he's obviously inspiring. He motivates me. Oprah is inspiring to me. That's kind of like a basic example, but I love her. I don't know. Again, I don't really like look too much to other people. You know, I think I aspire to like my future self when I'm doing those meditations and I can like kind of visualize how I desire my life to be like that's inspiring to me. And that inspires me to like work in that direction. I guess like that, that would be my main (laughs) inspiration right now. And yeah. okay, what else do I have here? I think I'm going to end there. Somebody did ask, though. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, the Dear Media IRL. How was it? Was it my first public speaking event in the podcast world? In the podcast world? Yes. Something that I really want to do in the future is do like some live podcasts. I love it. I used to hate public speaking and I do a lot of it in other areas of my life. So it's, you know, something that I've grown to actually enjoy. 
there's always some nerves beforehand, but I think those are like excitement nerves and I I really love it. So it was really fun to get to do that and be on a panel with people who, you know, I really enjoy and admire. So it was me, Sif, one of the founders of Array, Mari, who I love, Dr. Will Cole, who I love, Tina Anderson from Just Thrive, who I adore. Oh my God, I feel like I have to look at a picture. Hold on. I want to make sure that I'm not forgetting anybody. Let's see. Where are my pictures here? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) Will, Mari, Sif, myself, Tina, and then Shira moderated it and she was really sweet too. So that was really fun. It was so fun to get to meet some of you guys in person and people who have been like listening from the very beginning and people who are newer. Like I just... Oh, it was so amazing to, you know, just get to like be out there and meet some of my audience and, you know, people who have been like supporting the show in real life. That was really, really special to me. So maybe, you know, you guys can like, I don't know, DM me. Well, I probably won't read it, (laughs) Um, but like comment where I should do a podcast tour if I do that. Because I think that would be so fun. And it was an incredible event. Like, I don't know how they put that together. It was so cool. Like the different brands that they had there, like the different stations where they had like hand facials with, I think, Face Foundry and Skinny Confidential. And they had a shop area with Dear Media merch. And they had, I saw Khalil there for Sun Life. I didn't see if they had like a bar. They had like a feel-free bar. They had Dream Pops were there, Clear Stem. You could get like hats made, I think. They had food trucks, so many panels. It was so well organized. And it was also fun to meet other Dear Media hosts who I haven't met in real life, who I've been like Instagram friends with, or just, you know, we've admired each other from afar. So that was really fun. And what was the other part of this question? I feel like I'm rambling. Oh, yeah, that was it. How was it? Was it my first public speaking event in the podcast world? Yeah, it was amazing. I hope that they do another one and I hope that I'm invited back. I want to get video of the questions. It was kind of funny. Like they did a question on Ozempic. And of course, they asked me that since I'm the person who like kind of defends like procedures and I'm pretty neutral on Ozempic, but I can't remember what I said. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to find it. Anyway, I'm totally rambling now. It was so much fun. Comment where you guys want a podcast tour to come on my podcast page. Maybe I'll do like a post or something. And yeah, loved meeting you guys. Thank you as always for listening. If you have not left a review and rated and subscribed and all of the things, please do so. I don't know what I have to do for reviews. Like I see what teeny percentage of my listeners have actually left a review. And I'm like, am I just not, I guess I'm just not like moving people emotionally to want to do that. But if you've made it this far, I would love it if for our four year podcast birthday, which already passed, but we can celebrate it now. You can leave a birthday review. Okay. Love ya. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.